You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Welcome to Idea List of the Day. People post idea lists every day. There are thousands of idea lists on notepad.com, N-O-T-E-P-D.com. We pick the best idea lists we could find and do a podcast because these are so fascinating. The last one was about... 10 things you need to ignore in 2022. And this one is from Random Roger. His real name is Roger Nussbaum, and he, um, he's been one of the most successful financial writers out there. And he wrote about embracing orthogonality, which is another way to say how to embrace being against the crowd. But first, I want to mention about Notepad. If you like writing 10 ideas a day, or if you just like reading other people's ideas, you could also use the AI of Notepad. So you could start a list and then have our AI engine fill out the rest of the list. So here, I'm gonna try it right now. Elon Musk is, they announced he's buying Twitter. So I'm gonna start a list, I'm gonna title it, 10 unusual things about Elon Musk. And then I'm gonna hit, fill out the rest with AI. Here's what the AI came up with as unusual things. Uh, and I didn't know this actually. Elon Musk's unusual education. He dropped out of Stanford University after just two days to pursue his entrepreneurial dreams. I had no idea. Wait, Stanford? Really? I felt like I felt like people dropping out Stanford shouldn't be proud of it. Right? I want to just make sure this is true. Yeah, because like if you drop out from Yale and then because like what? Uh who drove out from Yale? Well, I thought he met his wife in college. So um oh he okay. He entered a Stanford PhD program in physics, Paulo, and he dropped out after two days, whereas you finished and just got your PhD. That's where you and Elon Musk differ. That's why you are not buying. I think Twitter it's the right only now. difference. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that could be the only difference because yeah. these other things, the other things, seem like you though. So, like for instance, he's been married three times and has six <laughs> children, including twin boys born as via surrogate. That's very similar to you. Oh he yeah. Has, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He grew up with hippie parents in South Africa. He had an unusual childhood he, and he was homeschooled. I did, I did not know that. So anyway, it has a whole bunch of other AI unusual, AI driven unusual things, but I, it's true. I did not know these things. But anyway, today's idealist of the day is embracing orthogonality, which is another way of saying, uh, it means, I'll, I'll let in Roger's words, it means to know when to not go along with the crowd because you realize that the crowd can often be be wrong, disastrously so on occasion. And to be orthogonal to society is to set out to do your own thing regardless of what others think. 
So some people would even phrase it as choosing yourself. Yes, that yes. could be. That could be what what it means. So for instance, actually, and this is related to something we were talking about earlier, don't listen to what quote unquote they say about healthy eating. So he says uh, grains, oatmeal, pasta, rice, potatoes, bread, cereal, fruit are all high in carbohydrates and which result in being overweight and having blood sugar problems among other maladies leading to metabolic syndrome. Well, then where's that phrase that, oh, you have to eat your fruits so you can be healthy from? Is it just like a marketing stuff? Well, Paolo, you've, you've looked into this stuff before. Yep, yep. And uh, the answer is that there's no answer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it's about like, balance, right? But, but so this guy's point, Roger's point is, is that the instance of obesity in America is when, you know, America adopted this thing called the food pyramid and the yes. food pyramid was heavy in like carbs. Like it was like six servings of pasta a day. And that's when obesity oh really God. started hitting America. Yeah, but for example, uh, even this at the same time, you know, I'm Italian. Throughout my childhood, my family, we used to have pasta twice a day. Twice wow. a day oh, for yeah, lunch right, and right, dinner, right? right? Uh -huh. right. We were all in reasonably good shape. You know, it's not like there's so many fat people and we eat pasta like crazy people. You know, that's all we do. So well, I the, think the, there's a, a lot of kind of, uh, it depends, right? It so depends on the portions, right? Like, I mean, American portions are unusually huge. Yeah, that so. could be that. Or the snacking in between. I mean, did oh, you yeah. snack in between? Yeah, yeah, I would have uh, smaller plates of pasta. I mean, so, I'm, so, but, but, but isn't like, like, for instance, we know a guy, well, Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City. And he, um, when he was pre diabetic or he, like he was hypoglycemic or about to get diabetes and he stopped all carbs and sugars. And also he became a vegan and he, he, he didn't get diabetes. I think it's processed food. It's just horrible for us. Yeah, I think Robin is right because, like, if you look at me, I I'm Asian. I pretty much have rice all my life. I mean, I'm I'm not like obese or something, and I have tons of carbs. But it's definitely the portions because uh, I do because when I first came to the states, I'm like, holy shit, this portions can feed four of me. So well, you know, um, there, if it, apparently they show that if you use bigger plates. If you have bigger plates in your house, you're going to end up eating larger portions. Like people you know, eat what they I can confirm the that this is true. Really? Yeah. I, well, let me tell you, I should show you my plates. I eat from tiny plates and I eat uh, much less because of that. Yeah, and did you I, make a decision? Totally works. Yeah, yeah. Did, so that's why you got tiny plates? Yes. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, it totally works. You also get you also work out a little bit too because you had to get up several times to get more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's true. Very wise. Yeah, yeah. Two birds with one stone. Yeah. But but you know, I do have to think though that carbs don't they just turn into sugars in your body and that and sugar is known to be a bad thing to eat. So there is some argument from for that and it is true that uh, one of the few things that are like clear there's clearly evidence for is that having a lot of added sugar is bad for you so mm. that's uh, clearly bad but most other things are basically either myths or there's not a lot of evidence for it right yeah. and so i guess that's what his point is i like basically don't listen to what people say or he, he also writes be skeptical 
and we've talked about this before, but he says politicians lie more than they used to, or maybe because information is easier to access, so we know more about the lies now. The media is more slanted, related to, to health, and again, do the research. Cholesterol is not the thing that we thought, it wasn't the thing that clogs us up and kills us like we used to think, uh, so therefore statins are an unnecessary drug. Like a lot of medicine, for instance, is used to sell prescriptions rather than used to make you actually live a better lifestyle and, and be healthier. Right. And also like, I like the, I like be skeptical. Like we always should always be skeptical in everything, you know, because who knows the truth? No one knows the truth. Or yeah. even, even people, even you know someone to know the truth, are they willing to tell you the truth? That's also the other thing because like you said, information is our power. And then, you know, we're holding information. It's I'm quite skeptical ever. about what you're saying though. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the right attitude right there. It's also important to be skeptical yourself too. Like I find people when they're like yelling about their opinion, those are the people most likely to be wrong sometimes. Yeah, because they're insecure about the thing that they are talking about. That's why they have to yell. Yeah, and, and like look at the beginning of COVID. There was so much information in every direction and people were getting banned from Twitter if they said something wrong. But a lot of times that turned out to be correct. Like... None of the initial data or conclusions were were correct at all. We still don't know what's true and what's not true, but yeah. we're learning. So it's good to just not follow the herd. Like I think people were afraid to say what they thought about COVID because there was a herd mentality depending on what political party you belong to, which is ridiculous. It is yeah. ridiculous. And and also, isn't science all about skeptical? You know, like if, yeah. if you're a scientist, you should be skeptical because you know you need more evidence to prove something right. Yeah, That's or you right. need to apply some scientific method as opposed to just blindly believing, you know, the neighbor down the street or whatever, right. or yeah. somebody on Twitter. Yeah. And so, okay, what's something um, orthogonal to society or not with the crowd that's not health related? So he says, quit your job. And for instance, you know, the IRS says the, the average multimillionaire has more than five sources of income and a job is only one source of income. So I think Roger's point here is, is that look into other ways to avoid all the stresses of work. Like don't have the stress of a boss, don't have the stress of a commute, don't have the right. stress of an alarm clock, and you're probably more likely to make a good amount of money if you quit your job and look for alternatives. I just wanna add that people say, well, a job's a safe thing to fall back on, but of course in 2020, in the US at least, 55 million people got laid off from their jobs, so it wasn't really that safe. Well, like all those you know, things that you're gonna worry about, it'll all come down to how are you gonna eat? if you don't have a job. Well, that's why you have to find other, there's there's plenty of other ways to, to make income. And right. I admit it's not so easy to quit your job today and start one of those things tomorrow, but with research and thinking about it right. and looking into it, you could you could figure that out. Yeah, I think I think what James and uh, Roger is saying, it's, I, I think the definition of job is just one thing, one nine to five full time. Uh, you know, like having, like having, like investing in stocks as also another stream of incomes. You know, or or you start a podcast that's not about anything, and but you get money from that. That's still another income, but it's not your job. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is kind of cool to have a couple jobs. You know, like yeah. you do something for a few hours a day, and then you get night you can do something. So you have different friends, you have different, yeah, you know, environments, and yeah. then you don't know what you who you're gonna meet. You just have to get out there. Yeah, I see think what happens. I I met 
the most interesting person when I have like multiple uh, gigs going going around because you know like I work for James, I know all these like entrepreneurs, self help people, AJ or whoever, and then all of a sudden I work for Tidal and then I met Wale. You know, and I mix with Snoop Dogs and then some of the big producer that I hang out with. They're like two totally different crowd. Yeah, because when you don't have like a cubicle job, and by the way, I've had a cubicle jobs before. Nothing's wrong with them, but when you don't have that, you have to hustle more, and then you yes. meet more people, and you, and you kind of have to bring out more in yourself because you have to you have to sell yourself more a little bit. Yeah, I get uh, to hang out with Benedict Cumberbatch because of multiple different gigs. Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Strange simultaneously. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. 
immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop, really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I would say another thing about not following the crowd is if you feel strongly about something that other people don't feel strongly about, but you think it's important, then say something no matter no matter how people are going to react to you. So like I if do. you feel strongly, you, you definitely do. Um, if I'm you feel contrarian. strongly about like how people shouldn't buy a house or people should move out of cities because of, of the debt issues that are going to hit cities post COVID, it's important to bring this up because it affects people's lives and, you know, but everybody will hate you for saying it because you're challenging their assumptions about the value of their property and so on. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I talked to multiple friends. They're like, no, yeah, we just agree with what Owen does say, even though I have a different, different ideas. I'm like, well, well, then why are you there? You know, that, that shouldn't be part of the five person that you should hang out with, you know? What, what do you mean? Say that again? So like like so every time we will talk about some some social issues like you know pronouns or whatever, he said like his point of view is you know he has a different point of view than anyone else. But if he's hang out, hang out with people that have different point of views than him, he will sort of agree with them just to get on with it. Yeah, of course, but that's just normal, right? You have to adapt what you say depending on the people you're with because not everyone is either understanding or open to hearing different opinions. It's just uh, yeah. normal, right? Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking more in terms of like how I write articles sometimes that right. not everyone agrees with, but those are the only articles worth writing. And again, it's not to be controversial. It's to say something that you feel strongly about that other people might not be aware of. So yes. um, what's another way that you kind of don't you could go against the crowd? I mean, politics definitely uh, some way that you can go against the crowd. I mean, not not like you know, like if you have if you feel strongly feel about certain policy or so certain social issues, I think you should be able to voice it out. But unfortunately, you know, we are at the at the at the times where if you voice something that's different than the normal people think, you will get yelled at. I think that's right, and then you have to decide like, is this a yeah. clue, like? Do, do you should you spend time with these people? Or like, is this a clue that you should move away from these people, or are they right? Because you have to ask, are they right and you're wrong, or you can ask, you know, what information are you getting from the interaction, or and what value are you getting from the interaction? Uh, you know, another thing is I think that uh, avoids the crowd is do what you love to do and not like everybody is told when they're kids, oh, be a lawyer or a doctor or work on Wall Street and make a lot of money, but 
and and it's unclear how much value any of those things like what value does a lawyer bring to society in in general like like paula how how old were you when you were um playing in rubik's cube tournaments for instance i think i was maybe from like 15 something like that and so did anyone say to you why are you doing this you should be studying for tests or whatever uh, uh, no because uh when i wasn't doing that i was studying for tests ah. <laughs> so but like i could easily see someone saying paulo you shouldn't be doing this you should be you know focusing on your exams or take more ap you know take more advanced credit classes or whatever i know for me when i was or when i am playing chess people say oh why are you doing this and not like business stuff so you can make more money but you know you always have to do what you love doing and because life is short and if you just do what everyone thinks you should do you're living the same life everyone else is living yeah, I remember when I was younger, you know, coming from an Asian family, my mom still asking me to be either lawyer or engineer or mathematician, uh, no mathematicians or accountant. But, you know, my mom is like, oh, if you, you know, if I see someone on the street playing guitars, I would give $20 just, you know, just, 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 just you know, because it, it will remind me of you one day in the future. But obviously I'm in the States right now, you know. But but one thing that I I think the other thing that you can go against the crowd is that you should you shouldn't be uh you shouldn't be just focused on one passions you know like I I remember I was talking to someone else on Newpad um you know because everyone's like oh yeah I'm this chess master I'm focused chess only and I'm physicians I I I I focus on physics only blah blah, blah. and then I'm like oh I don't I don't have anything that I'm focusing on because I always try new things out and then. And then he showed me there's this thing called a uh, multi potential light or something like that. Let me see. I think when you label yourself, which is a common thing in society, everyone yes. says, What do you do? Oh, I'm an accountant, I'm a fireman, I'm right. a lawyer. But when you label yourself, you're kind of like down that one alley and you get to learn many things when you're not one label. And, and that's certainly against society's dictates in, in general. Yeah, because they just want you to be the one person the one type of person. And and Rob, what do you think? I feel it's important to travel and to be outside of your habitat or your environment so that you can grow because you become myopic or just one dimensional, I think, if you stay in one area. Like travel, experience things in different countries. And I think it really will open your eyes. That's what happened to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that because uh, too many people just stay in their one place where they live and, and don't really seek out new experiences. Another thing is for everything you believe passionately it, to do what's called steel man your opinion. So like, for instance, if you're firmly pro-choice, for instance, you have to, the way to steel man an argument is to argue the other side even better than they can argue it. So for instance, if you're pro-choice or if you're pro-life, take the other side and argue that side even better than they would argue it. Or if you're pro-Trump, take the pro-Biden side and argue for Biden even stronger than the Biden people would, or, or vice versa. If you're pro-Biden, take the Trump side and argue for that even, even stronger. Um, See, uh, my question is, why don't more people do that? Do you think because they, they, they have, because of their it's ego? Too hard. Or is it hard? Well, if, if they don't have a good reason to believe in something, they, they can't still man themselves like nobody right. wants to be told they're wrong right it's just very particularly normal. by themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah right but it's a healthy it's a healthy habit to do though because 
A, it shows you that, hey, maybe me having an opinion on this is not really so important. And B, you know, it helps you to be social and friends with people who have the other side because you start to understand what the other side is. And, and C, when someone really is arguing you the other side, you can see where the holes in their argument are because they're not arguing it as well as you were able to argue it. Yeah. I yeah, find I when, when I, whenever I have to, let's say, do an, an official debate, like I've done some debates online in front of an audience, uh, I find it's very helpful to steel man my opinion. Yeah. And then I could point when, when the person debating me is maybe a little off, I could point out to him, maybe it would have been better if you said this. And then it right. gives in the debate itself, it gives me status to give him advice and right. uh, helps to win debates. Yeah, and also I, I do learn this new man uh, because I used to be on the debate team when I was younger. So like it's sort of some sort of it's it's a sort of a technique that that you have to you have to use to sort of win the debate because you need to know what you have to lay out the possibilities that your opponent's gonna give. You know. Yeah. So um, all right. Well, so so random Roger on Notepad. He we we mentioned a few other things, but he wrote about. Uh, basically embracing orthogonality, which is another way of saying uh, how to embrace going, how to not go along with the crowd. And he mentioned a bunch of things that we've spoken about, but uh, uh, we didn't talk about others. Like he also mentions no smart houses or electric cars. He has some interesting things to say there. And like what you like, who cares what others think? And talks about conspiracy theories a little as well, or make your own list of how to go against the crowd on notepad.com and see how it turns out. Before we close out, I think we have to congrats uh, Eunice on one thing because, you know, I, I think he he wrote a status on notepad.com saying that, you know, because he's been writing 10 ideas and then he finally turned one of the article, the Japanese concept one, into an article. So oh, yeah? he turned one of the lists into an article on Medium. Cool. Let me see. I'm going to go to his article real quickly and just see yeah. what he wrote. Oh yeah, this is really nice. Oh, he really explains all these things. Um, yeah. And he takes all the uh, ideas from his top 10 Japanese concepts. Yeah, and that's the that's the whole point of doing the notepad.com is you know to help people come up with lists, turn into article, maybe three months down the road, you have a book. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, I, I find that this is a very helpful technique for writing a book. Too many people worry about Oh, how do I write the first paragraph or the last paragraph? Just write the list of your concepts in your chapter and explain them. It's kind of like an idea list. And then at the end, let's say you have 20 idea lists around a similar topic, staple them together. Now you can write your intros, your outros, a few more stories, personal stories, historical stories. And now you have a book. This is a great technique for writing a book in a month. Yeah. And notepad.com could be on your resume too. You know, imagine if you're prospective employer came across your notepad idealist. They're like, this guy is creative. I'm going to hire him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if they reach a certain like level on notepad, yeah. Jay, you got to write your 10 features <laughs> that notepad should add to itself. And that could be <laughs> one of them. So, yes. but anyway, congrats to Eunice who's been featured before on idealist of the day. And mm -hmm. uh, thanks everybody for listening to this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Mm -hmm.